Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. from the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 21 through 29. Once they were alienated from God and were enemies of your friends because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from your hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed 
by every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in what has, was suffered for you, that I will fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, which is the church, I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of the mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory, we proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in us. We rise to read the gospel. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, 
and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. A mystery hidden before the ages. This is what Paul calls the whole story of salvation. A mystery that was hidden before all things. Now, the thing is, when we read the word mystery, we might get the impression that, that Paul's talking about some sort of detective work or a puzzle. That if everyone would have looked hard enough or thought hard enough, they would know God's entire plan of salvation. That the whole story is one big mystery novel or detective show. That at the end, we have that big aha once all the clues and facts come to light. But that is not how the word mystery is being used here by Paul. It's not used this way by Jesus or anywhere else in Scripture. The mystery of salvation cannot be deduced by our reason. We cannot Sherlock Holmes our way into heaven. The word mystery or Mysterion in Greek has a very specific definition, and that is to reveal. It is a word solely reserved for God's revelation of himself to the world. Throughout the scriptures, God reveals who he is. He is a, a good and benevolent king who will do what it takes to save his people from the enemy, sin, death, and the devil. And that story starts, of all places, in a garden with our first parents, Adam and Eve. They were created in the image of God. That is to be the, the stewards of creation. God had given them this great task to tend the garden. And he had given them access to the tree of life. Our first parents were in harmony with God and with one another. But then the enemy... Satan came into the garden and tempted our first parents to disobey God, for there was one tree that they were forbidden to eat from, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And this boundary was made to enforce the distinction between creature and creator, between man and between God. This was no arbitrary rule. The tree symbolized their relationship with God. And so Satan tempts Eve to transgress this boundary. And with Eve also Adam. Adam, who had heard from God himself the command not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But they fall for Satan's lie. That they would be like God if they ate of the fruit of the tree. And for the first time, doubt enters into the hearts of Adam and Eve. Is God's word really true? Did God really say? And so they usurped God and ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They wanted to kick God out and make themselves the rulers. God walks in the garden calling out for Adam and Eve. And they hide 
Because for the first time, they felt shame. They could not be in the presence of God's holiness anymore unless lest they die. And they, they try to cover up their shame. They, they do the best they could. They, they get the fig leaves and they put it over themselves, putting on clothes as if that would protect them. But the Lord knew what they had done. And when God finds them, well, the blame game begins. Adam blames Eve. But if you really hear it closely, he's, he's really blaming God. He goes, this woman who you gave to me, right? You can imagine Adam, he's shaking his fist at God in anger. And then Eve then looks, and what does she do? Well, the other excuse in the book, the devil maybe do it, blames the serpent. But they are both responsible. Yet God in his mercy gives to Adam and Eve a promise that the Savior would come from the seed of a woman, the first words of gospel. And then God gives to Adam and Eve clothes made from an animal, the first sacrifice for sin. However, as a result of their sin, they are cast out of the garden. And an angel guards the entrance They'll never again enter into Eden. And then Eve becomes pregnant and gives birth to Cain. And Cain's name means, I have gotten the man, the man in capital letters. That is, Eve thought that Cain was the man God had promised to save them from sin. However, we know the end of that story, right? We know Cain is not the promised Messiah. Cain kills his brother Abel in the first murder. And then it only goes downhill from there. Sin's stranglehold on the world becomes so great that God regrets making his own creation and sends a flood to wipe it all out. Yet Noah finds favor with God because of his faith. And so Noah and his family, eight souls in all, are saved from the global flood that washes away all of mankind. And after the flood, God renews his promise of a savior to Noah. And Promises that he will never again flood the world. God is going to get his creation back with his plan hidden before the ages. Then God reveals himself to Abraham. And to Abraham he promised that his descendants would outnumber the stars of the heavens. Abraham believed this promise. And it was accounted to him as righteousness his faith, his trust in his Lord made him righteous before God. Then God revealed himself to Moses. And to Moses, he reveals himself in a completely new way. While he was known as Yahweh, the creator, all the way back to Genesis chapter 4 in the time of Cain, 
he would reveal the content of what his name means in Exodus chapter 6. He is not only a creator God, but he is also a redeemer God. He would purchase his people from slavery in Egypt with an outstretched arm and with mighty strength. He would lead his people through the Red Sea, baptizing his people, making them his very own. Then God would reveal the Torah on Mount Sinai, the law of Moses to the people of Israel. And this, the law of Moses was there to prepare Israel for the coming Messiah. And then in Deuteronomy, in Moses' last sermons, God promises to Israel a prophet greater than Moses, a prophet that would, that would lead God's people. And it was the mystery of the ages, who exactly that would be. And then through many battles and struggles in Israel's history, God raises up a king for Israel, David, to lead his people. And it is through David's line that God reveals that a king will emerge greater than David, and that this king will reign on the throne of Israel forever and ever. However, Israel is not faithful to God and his law. And so the kingdom is split in two. The northern kingdom, Israel, falls first. Then the kingdom of Judah, led by the Davidic monarchy, then falls. And when Judah falls, so does the throne of David. However, before the exile and during the exile, when all seemed lost, God promises his people that they will return back and that his Messiah will deliver them from their sins. Then God is true to his word. He brings them back to the land of Israel and God's people continue to wait for the mystery of the ages to be revealed to them. Then the mystery of the ages is revealed. Jesus comes into the world in the fullness of time, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law. God's word has been fully made known because Jesus is the word of God made flesh. He is the divine logos. God's promise was fulfilled in a far greater and far grander way than anyone could have ever have thought. Sure, David knew in Psalm 110 that his son would be Lord. The Lord said to my Lord. But the prophets wrote a truth that went beyond their comprehension. And that is that all of God's promises would be fulfilled by God himself by taking on our human nature, by taking on our creaturely limitedness and our creaturely weakness. For in the body of Christ, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And that is to look into the face of Jesus, it is to look into the face of God Almighty. It is to look into the face of Yahweh, the one who walked with our first parents, the one who brought the flood upon the earth, the one who gave the law of Moses. And there he is. He's in a manger. God. He grows up. He's in the temple. He's baptized. 
he preaches this very mystery through parables. He is transfigured and goes to the cross to reconcile the whole world to himself. But dying and bringing glory to the saints, bringing glory to me and you all here today by rising from the dead. God fulfilled his promise over and above all the expectations of anyone. You can imagine God's promises are the cup in, in Psalm 23, the cup that overflows. God's promises just keep coming and coming and coming, and Jesus keeps pouring and pouring and pouring the good drink, and there is no stopping this great and abundant mercy for us. And this mystery comes to us today. This mystery comes to us through word and sacrament. That is the word part, the word of God, through the person of the word, that is Jesus, through the scriptures, which are the, the cradle of our Lord, and through preaching. This is how God's word is made known. And the sacraments, the means of grace, that word, sacramentum, is the Latin translation of the Greek word mysterion, mystery. And again, that just means revealing. Jesus has promised that he reveals himself specifically in both baptism and in the Lord's Supper as the ironclad means of grace that we cannot doubt because our hearts, like our first parents, are always full of doubt. Think about it. Is God really good? Is God really just? Look at all the evil out there in the world. War, famine, plague, shootings. How can God be good when I see so much evil out there in the world? Did God really say all this and it's true? Our Lord knows the weakness of our hearts. And so he has instituted the means of grace, the mysteries, the sacraments, to reveal himself to us in real and concrete ways. In the sacrament of baptism, you are washed away of all of your sins through the blood of Christ. You are given eternal life. That is the hope of glory that Paul mentions here in Colossians. And that you are born again to do life. And in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, you are given Christ's real body and real blood in with, in with and under the bread and the wine. You're given spiritual food and spiritual drink as the means of God revealing his grace to you, his real presence here in the sacrament of the altar. Christ is present in all of these means for you. Now doubt may pop into our heads and we can be like our first parents and speculate, right? Our first parents were great speculators. Well, can't God operate apart from these? He's almighty, right? He can do whatever he wants. I mean, again, that's just doubt. Because it really just says the question our parents said. Does God really say? The speculation ignores God's clear self-disclosure that just as the eternal word of God bounded himself in human form in the person of Jesus. In that specific person, the word of God is, is him. Just as he has bounded himself there, so too God has bounded himself 
to these means of grace so that we could be absolutely, positively sure of our salvation. And doubt may also come as a form of false humility. And we say that, well, well, you're so confident, right? Well, doesn't that just come across as arrogance, right? If someone's really confident. Well, brothers and sisters, you know, the more you know, the greater your knowledge. And when you grow in knowledge, the more humility you have, because the more you realize what you don't know, right? Arrogance is talking as an expert about things you have no clue about. Certainty comes about speaking what we do know about. And we know that we know that our salvation is certain because it was planned before the ages. It was the mystery of the ages founded before the foundation of the whole world. And so we can speak with absolute certainty. God chose to reveal himself through Jesus to save us from our sins. And for, for God, for only God can make the necessary atonement for our salvation. This is the greatest self-revelation. This is the greatest self-disclosure of our Lord. It's the cross. That is God, that is in Christ Jesus, died. God died in Christ Jesus. And if that doesn't make your brain explode, I don't know what will. The depth of God's revelation is, is just so deep that no one can master it. It takes a lifetime of hearing, reading, and learning just to scratch the surface of this mystery hidden before the ages. And saints here gathered today, God has chosen to reveal this mystery through you, through the church. You are the means of making this mystery known. The superabundance of God's grace is just so great that this, this promise was just not to be contained in God's Old Testament, Old Testament people, in the Old Testament church, but it would be extended to all, Jew and Gentile alike. And while all of this was foretold in type and shadow in the, in the Old Testament with righteous Gentiles such as Ruth and Rahab, the fullness of this revelation was so great that it went beyond anything anyone ever thought God was capable of, that he would get his creation back that he would get me and he would get you from the power of the enemy. You know, this world under the power of the enemy is so full of doubt and confusion. They really have nothing to stand on. It's all sinking sand. <coughs> In the book of Daniel, Daniel prophesies the mystery of the Christ as the rock of God's kingdom. Jesus is our rock, our firm foundation, where we can be absolutely certain that all of God's promises find their fulfillment in Jesus. He is the mystery of the ages revealed to you now, here in the present. He is our hope of glory that is eternal life. We have a hope here together that goes beyond anything this world has to offer. A hope that brings healing. A hope that overcomes doubt. A hope that conquers death. May this hope of glory be made known to all. The mystery of the ages found in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding.
Keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.